Father, we thank you. You are Jesus. But there's no one like you. Father, we welcome in this moment your grace, your peace, your presence. Father, I thank you that right now for this gift of technology. Lord, I pray your anointing, your presence, Lord, we just saturate every living room, every heart. But I pray right now you would just grab our hearts and cause us to be in a little deeper. Lord, we confess our absolute need for, for you. Jesus, we, we thank you that you're bringing us peace, you're bringing us life, you're bringing us joy. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said or typed, Amen. Come on, fill the chat room. Type Amen, 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 Amen. Oh, thanks so much for singing with us. I, I just got to say, from this end, you sounded great. You have never sounded better at all. And so, man, uh, way to sing out loud. Sing right there. Hey, I want you to grab your Bible, get something to take some notes with. Uh, we got some things that we're going to uh, be sharing and talking about today. And I believe God's got a message for you today. And uh, we, we, we want to lean in and hear kind of what God has been saying. We've been, as a church, in a collection of sermons um, around this idea, this theme called Mindset Matters. Mindset Matters. And uh, it's uh, some core kind of values that we hold on to as a church. There have been seven of them. I want to share number six with you today. Um, and we're going to talk about expectation and gratitude. Expectation and gratitude. Expectation and gratitude. Expectation and gratitude. So why don't you right there in, in the chat room, uh, go ahead and type it in, say expectation, gratitude, get your emojis ready. It's going to be fire. Uh, expectation and gratitude. That's what I want to talk about today. Let's look at Psalm 77, verse 11 through 15. This is what it says. It says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will, I will consider your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. Meditate. Now, let me pause right here. Uh, you might have been familiar with meditation. Um, and there is a biblical form of meditation. There's a scriptural uh, definition or way in which we meditate. It is different than Eastern meditation. Now, Eastern meditation wants you to empty your mind. Right, and, and get to that white space. Uh, but we don't want to just... Uh, empty our minds. Biblical meditation is when we replace our thoughts. In other words, we want to replace the lies that have been squatting in the real estate of our mind, and we want to replace them with the, the truth of God's Word. And, and so that's what we want to do. We want to look at replacing, and that's what he's saying. The, the psalmist is saying, I will meditate. I will replace and recall. I will remember your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is, a, is as great as our God. You are the God who performs miracles. I, I want to say it again because you need to hear it. 
You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people and the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. Somebody type in the chat room right now, I will remember, I will remember, I will remember. I want to know, what is it that you've been remembering? Are you remembering the good things or are you remembering the negativity? Are, are you remembering the, the, the help your spouse gave you this week or are you remembering the one time that they didn't meet your expectations? When we first moved to Kansas, our children were starting a new school and we decided to do something fun. And so every Thursday after school, when I picked our kids up from school, uh, we went through the drive through at Dairy Queen, and we got a little treat just to create some fun memories. In fact, we created our little hashtag. We called it hashtag DQ Thursdays, and we would take a picture, and we would smile, and we would eat our ice cream, and we would have an absolute blast. And I did it for a few reasons. One, because I wanted my kids to remember that their father was a good father. I wanted them to, to uh, remember that riding and being with their dad was, was the most fun. In fact, they, it may have worked all too well. They remember it so well that when we stopped doing it, come on, like they just kept coming. Back. Hey, dad, when are we going to Dairy Queen? Hey, dad, it's Thursday. We're we going to Dairy Queen. Hey, dad, can we go to? And like they were consistently talking about Dairy Queen. It worked really well. We created expectation for our kids. They began to expect, hey, dad is going to take, it's Thursday, we're going to Dairy Queen. They would tell all their teachers in the car pickup line, it's DQ Thursday, I'm going to Dairy Queen. And they were excited and loved it. And we would snap a picture so that we could always look back and remember those moments. And it created some excitement as they began to expect something good. I, I want you to know you have a good father in heaven. And he wants us to live with expectation and gratitude. In fact, that's our mindset that we want to look at today. We want to have the mindset that says we live with expectation and gratitude. Expectation and gratitude. They go hand in hand. Here's here's the deal. We don't want our circumstances to dictate our mindset. Rather, we want to make a decision ahead of time what our mindset is going to be. So we want to live with expectation and gratitude. Now listen, having expectation is a good thing. It is a good thing to have expectation because without expectation, we easily stall out in our, in our lives. We stall out. We get stuck. We don't, we don't move forward. We get lazy and lethargic. and We live with a sense of complacency and And we don't stretch to new things. We don't learn new things. We don't move forward. We don't take new territory. We we just live and even spiritually get really complacent if we don't have expectation. This is the same old thing. And what we expect often is what we get. And so we want to live with expectation. Now, there's a caution, though, because we don't want unrealistic expectation, right? Like, that's no fun. We don't want to have expectations that are rooted in our emotions, We don't want to make these emotional expectations because we're feeling a certain way, a certain press, and so we allow our emotions to dictate our expectations. That's not good. Um, Nor do we want to live with expectations that are unmet. 
Because if we have unrealistic, if we have emotional or unmet expectations, you know what happens? Frustration grows. And there's this friction and frustration that grows in us, this tension when we have unrealistic, unmet, or emotional, unhealthy emotional expectations. Here's the deal. We are living in unexpected times. There's a lot that's happening right now in our world where our normal expectations are forever changing. It's a totally new dynamic. We don't know what to expect, and we definitely don't know uh, what to do other than we feel a little disappointed from all of these unmet expectations. Like, like just think about it for, for parents. I am with you. We were expecting our kids to go back to school after spring break. Like, that would have been great. That was our plan, but those things, circumstance changed, and so our expectations now had to shift too because it's not the same as what we thought. And, and when we have these unmet expectations, it, this frustration grows in us. And, and maybe you've been experiencing it in your home in the last couple of days where maybe you've been a, a little more um, on edge than before. See, because when you have expectations that are unmet, unrealistic or, or emotional, this frustration starts to show up in our lives. It shows up uh, because we start complaining a lot more. Uh, we start feeling entitled a little bit more. Like, like we used to not be bothered that uh, we, we could go through a drive-thru, but now we're complaining that the only way we can go out to eat is that we go through a drive-thru. There's this sense of complaining in us. There's uh, when, when we start to feel these unmet expectations, we start to distrust other people. We start trying to control things. We, we resort to legalism as it relates to our lives. Well, we're going to follow the rules of legalism. And, and if we're not careful, all of these unmet expectations easily create within us some resentment, anger, offense, hear me, panic, and even fear that tries to cripple us. So, so what should we do? Should, we know we need expectation and and, and we want to have a mindset that is full of gratitude as well. But like, how do we do this? What should we do in response to our frustration? What should we do in response to the friction? What should we do in response to all of the things that we thought were going to happen, but now aren't going to happen? We thought we were going to have just the most memorable senior year, but now we're not. We thought we were going to be able to go back to school and be with our friends, but now we're not we we didn't think we'd have to do distance learning and learning online but now we are we didn't think that we'd have to be stuck in a home with our crazy three-year-old non-stop and try to still get work done but yet here we all are expectations are shifting and culture is changing one thing we can't do is allow our mindset though to be shaped by our circumstances. So what should we do? Here's the big idea today and, and the thought that I want us uh, to work from, the truth that I want us to hold on to, and that's this. We want expectations that are guarded by gratitude and grounded in God's promises. If we don't want to live with this frustration, if we don't want to have emotional expectations that are just setting us up for frustration, if we don't want to have unrealistic ones, if we don't want uh, expectations that are always being unmet or not communicated. What do we do? Here's what we do. We want expectations that are grounded by gratitude. It's grounded in gratitude. And, and it's, it, or it's guarded rather by gratitude and it's grounded in God's promises. Expectations that are 
guarded by gratitude and grounded in, in God's promises. I'm going to look at Philippians chapter 4 real quick because Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 4 through verse 9, it, it, the Apostle Paul tells us kind of this, shows us this way in which we can live with expectation and gratitude. Let's start in verse 4. Listen, this is what it says. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again for all the people in the back. Rejoice, right? Saying a little bit louder, rejoice. Now, he says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Listen, he's not saying rejoice for all things, right? Like in another part of scripture, you, you've heard him say, the apostle Paul writes and he says, in all things give thanks. I don't want you to confuse it to say, let's give thanks for all things. I am not thankful for the coronavirus, right? Like I am just not thankful for it. God doesn't want you to be thankful for it. God didn't send a coronavirus to purge America or cleanse the world or some other weird. No, that's not the point. It's not because God needs us to suffer and makes us better. No, that's, that's, that's bad theology. Hear me. In all things, we can still rejoice and be thankful. We always can find ways to be grateful. So he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Look at verse five. Let your gentleness... Be evident to all. No friction, no frustration, no tension. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? The Lord is near. Somebody needs to hear that today. You might be clicking through and you've just been watching for the last 15 seconds. I, I want you to pause and hear me real clear. Crank the volume up. The Lord is near. He is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends or goes beyond all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. In other words, there is a peace that will come into your life that goes beyond what seems normal, natural, or beyond. Like, like, this just doesn't make sense. Like, why do I have peace? I should be panicked right now, but I have, I have peace. Why? Be because we're staying in Christ Jesus. There's something in him that we're holding on to. There's this sense in us that says we're not going to be anxious. See, anxiety is just us trying to control the uncontrollable. And so if we will put our trust in God and let him have it. If we'll just surrender it to him through our prayer and our time with him. Listen, you can surrender it to God and no longer be trying to control something that you couldn't control anyways. There are so many things that are out of our control right now. And to try and control it will only create more anxiety in you. But he's writing and he's saying, don't be anxious. Instead, have peace. Finally, brothers and sisters, verse 8, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, if anything is admirable, if anything is excellent or, or worth giving God praise for, think about those things. In other words, let your mindset be in that direction. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Listen, and the God of peace will be with you. And the God of peace will be with you. Listen, here's what we're reading today, and I want you to understand this. God promises 
peace in exchange for your panic. God wants to give you peace uh, for your panic. Uh, somebody type it in the chat box right now. I want to see at least 10 people type in, God promises peace in exchange for panic. Peace in exchange for panic. You don't have to hold on. You can surrender it to God, and God will then give you peace instead of having this panic. No matter the circumstance, peace can be yours. Uh, I want to talk to you for a minute about the peace beyond understanding. See, he was talking about not just a peace, but he was talking about peace that goes beyond understanding. I think as the people of God, there's this sense in us that we understand that God wants to give us peace when everyone else is going nuts, when everybody else is worried, when everybody else is trying to control uncontrollables. I believe the promise of God is for the people of God, for you, for me, to have this sense of peace. And it doesn't just kind of like scratches our head. It doesn't make, make a lot of sense. My question is simply this. If we're going to have peace that goes beyond understanding, we need to understand what we're thinking about. So my question is, what have you been thinking about? He says that in Philippians that he wants to give us peace beyond understanding, but that's because we keep our mind on Christ. We, we think about things that are true and lovely and noble and just and pure and righteous and holy. He wants to help us think about those things. So what are you thinking about? Listen, you and I are the, are the guards of our minds. No one else is responsible for the thoughts that you think other than you. And, and if we are thinking certain things, what we really need is a new perspective. If you want to have peace beyond understanding, then you need to change your perspective. You need to elevate. You need to change your view. You need to reset your thinking. Uh, one of the things that I do often, especially when I'm in a, in a season where I've got a lot on my mind, a lot going on, or it seems like more and more chaos is, you know what I'll do? I will just change the place that I'm sitting, literally physically change where I'm sitting. I will change what I'm looking at. I'll, I'll shift my perspective. I'll, I'll do things like go for a run. Uh, so many times I've been running, especially on a treadmill or out on the track, and God will speak something to me, and I will stop, and I'll have my phone with me, and I'll, and I'll write it down. What, what, what's happening? Because I've gone out and I've done something active, my mind is resetting. There's, I'm, I'm clearing the mechanism of my mind, and, and I'm allowing God to speak to me. I'm creating more white space. Sometimes I'll go play golf. In fact, this message... Uh, last Monday, I went out by myself for, uh, played, played about eight holes of golf on my own and uh, d just kind of got, got out of the, uh, from behind the computer, got out of thinking about all the changes and things happening in our world. And I just went and I played golf and I got my mind on something else. And I came back home and I sat down and within 30 seconds, the Lord just downloaded the majority of this message to me in 30 seconds. Just like that, boom, 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 boom. Why? Because well, I got my mind off what it was on. And I cleared it enough that God could speak and I could hear his voice. Listen, I don't want you to miss this. If you want to find peace beyond understanding, that means you have to do something outside of yourself because you're the guard of your mind. So do things like find a new outward activity. Some of you need to reclaim the white space in your brain. You have been crowded with all sorts of things. Netflix and chill ain't working no more. You need to do something active and outward to change your perspective, to change what you're looking at, and when you do that, you know what happens? It gives you clarity and creativity. You, you get a creative idea. Some of your best ideas probably come to you while you're in the shower. Why? Because your brain is reset and it's not active. It's just you, you've created a space for something, 
for new thoughts to be formed. Some of us are so crowded in our brain right now with negativity, with fear, with panic, with the news, with wondering what we're going to do with our kids, how we're going to accomplish this, what about our finance, and we're filling our mind with things that aren't good, that aren't pure, that aren't lovely, that aren't worthy of praise, and they're just creating more complaining within us. You need to go outside and do something different. You need to find a new activity. You need to find a new recipe to cook. You need to go play golf. You need to go run. You need to to get out your paints and start painting. You need to have a dance party with your kids. You need to make love with your husband or wife. You need to tell more corny jokes. You need to walk the dog. Take the guinea pig outside and let her chase around. I don't care what you do. You need to change, get up off the couch, get out of your PJs, quit feeling sorry for yourself, and do something active and outward and watch the brain space begin to free up again. And peace shows up in that way. Listen, Most of the time when my brain is getting too jumbled, it helps me sometimes to go out and do something different, clear the mechanism, and I can ask the question, what if, in a healthy way? What if we tried this? And all of a sudden, creativity shows up in a way that helps me solve problems, helps me come up with new solutions to the family dynamics that we're trying to figure out with three kids and now homeschooling and all of the... You can ask the question, what if, when you're in a healthy headspace because you've created margin. But you know what happens? When I'm in an unhealthy place, when I haven't really changed my view, when my perspective is really negative and narrow and and I've not been thinking, I've not been guarding my mind, I ask unhealthy and it creates panic. See, asking the question, what if, is about creating a new imagination. And your imagination is the engine for your peace and it is the engine for your panic, all in your imagination. Imagination isn't wrong. Some of us need to reclaim our childlike imagination and wonder for who God is and start asking the question, what if God does something miraculous? What if we have an opportunity as a church to reach into homes that we never would have reached into because we're going all online and we're having church at home? We get to ask better what if questions now in a creative, more possible, and all of a sudden possibility and faith And peace is filling our mind and our heart instead of the panic because we're not asking the wrong what-if questions. Some of you just need to get outside, do something active, change where your bottom is planted, and do something outwardly different. And watch, watch your mind start to be guarded and have an opportunity to shift your perspective. You just need to shift your perspective if you're gonna have peace beyond understanding. God wants to give you peace in exchange for your panic, but you get to do something outward in the process. Uh, Here's the second thing I want you to understand, and somebody, you're ready to type this into the chat box a few different times. I want at least five of these in there. Tell your neighbor, peace is the presence of a person. Go ahead, type it in there. Tag somebody and tell them, yo, peace is the presence of a person. Peace is not the absence of a conflict. Peace is not the absence of a storm. Peace is the presence of a person, and his name is Jesus. If you want to have peace instead of panic, then you need to draw close to Jesus. Peace is the presence of a person. Capital P, Jesus. He is the person. And when Jesus arrives in your heart, in your life, and fills your mind, peace comes with it. Why? Because the Bible says he is the prince of peace. 
And today, more than ever, we need peace and not panic, which means we need the presence of Jesus in our lives more than ever. So the question is, Pastor, that sounds great, but like, how do I get the presence of Jesus? All I got is panic, panic, panic. How do I get peace? Here's how you get peace. You draw close to Jesus. Here's what it looks like for me. When I sense panic, when I sense stress, worry, anxiety, because I feel it, I get it. I've been there. The depression I've had to fight off, the the lethargic way of life, I've had to fight it off. I want peace. And if I want peace in the person of Jesus to show up, here's what I do. I start by turning on some worship music. Doesn't really matter. I just have a playlist and I click go. I start by playing some worship music. Then I just take slow, deep breaths for a minute. Pause. And I take some deep breaths. Nothing magical about it. I'm just slowing down for a minute. I've got the worship music playing and I'm slowing down my breathing. And then this is what I do. I close my eyes. Why? Because I have to stop looking at what is surrounding me so I can see the Savior that is within me. I don't want to have my eyes fixed on my problems. I don't want to see from my normal perspective. I want to see Jesus who's on the inside of me. I want to see not my surroundings, but my Savior. And I look inward for a minute. And then I just simply say, God, would you be near right now? Some of you right now, you need to do it. Close your eyes. Let my voice guide you. Take some slow, deep breaths. Imagine Jesus sitting right next to you right now in your mind. Just imagine it. Picture it. And just simply whisper, Jesus, would you be near right now? Some of you have been so uh, stressed out, so full of anxiety, so inwardly isolated. You just need, Jesus, would you be near right now? Jesus, would you be near right now? And you know what I do? After I sit there for a minute or two, I just literally, this is what I do. I will open my hands and imagine myself surrendering control of whatever it is that I feel like is out of control. Jesus, be near. And I just say, God, would you take this away? God, would you be in control? And I give it to you. I'm not in. It's an act of my will. See, when you feel anxious and when you feel anxiety rising, it's you trying to control something that you can't control. So instead, turn it into a positive by an act of your will. Say, God, I willfully surrender this to you. I give you control it's a decision that you make and you know what happens that that simple exercise that helps me draw close to jesus james says in the new testament draw close to god and he will draw close to you all you have to do is be willing to pause and invite jesus to come and when jesus comes the prince of peace shows up and peace is the presence of a person it's not the absence of a problem not the absence of panic not the it's not the absence of a storm. It's the presence of Jesus. And what you need in your home now more than ever is the presence. You need the presence of Jesus. So invite Jesus to come near. Here's here's the third thing today I want to share with you. How do we make this exchange? And that's this. I want you to understand this, that peace grows within you when gratitude comes from you. Peace grows within you when gratitude comes from you. In other words, if you want more peace, express more gratitude. Don't complain. Don't let negativity. No, if you want 
peace to grow, to enlarge, to consume you, to, to be so much a part of your life that people are looking at you like, why are you so calm? Why are you not freaking out right now? What is going on? Why aren't you worried? Why aren't you stressed? But I just got peace right now. I got Jesus. Peace grows in you when gratitude comes from you. That's, that's why Paul wrote at the very, very beginning, rejoice in the Lord always. Always find a reason to rejoice. Change your perspective. Elevate it to the person of Jesus. See it from God's viewpoint and allow gratitude to come from you so peace can grow in you. Let gratitude come from you so peace can grow, can grow in you. On the front cover of the book Mindset Matters, um, we use this view of a, of a mountain because we really want the whole point of the book and the whole point of this collection and the, the whole idea behind, even as a church, our mindsets, our core values that we've been teaching through, the whole idea is about elevating and seeing life from a God perspective, from a God-honoring perspective. Rejoicing in the Lord and finding a reason to be grateful will shift your perspective from problems to the peace of God. It will shift you from fear to a, to a place of confidence in God. It, it will move you from uncertainty to faith. There is this sense that grows. If, if you want peace to be in your life, let gratitude come out of your mouth. Gratitude is the guard that we need. It guards our heart. It guards our mind. It guards our spirit. It stands guard like an armored soldier, guarding its things like offense. It's impossible to be offended at somebody else if you're looking for things to be grateful for about their life. Like you won't be offended at your spouse this week if you will just continually make note and find excuses to be grateful for them. You won't be offended at them at all. You won't fight. You won't argue near as much. Why? Because you are looking for ways to be grateful. Gratitude guards against offense. It guards against entitlement. Some of you are like, I'm not entitled. Really? How did you respond the last time you weren't treated with good service at a restaurant? How did you respond when they messed up your order? Were you a jerk? Were you kind? Were you understanding? Were, were you upset that it took too long to get there? How did you respond when you were sitting at a place waiting for somebody else to bring you food? that you didn't cook, you didn't have to prepare for, like they got all the supplies, they took it all, they're doing all of the work, but yet you're being ungrateful. That's called entitlement. And gratitude guards against entitlement. Entitlement is the spirit of feeling like you're expecting people to do something because somehow you're worthy or worth more than they are or somehow more valuable than they are. But when you live with a grateful heart, when you're being intentionally grateful, it guards against offense. It guards against entitlement. It guards against legalism. It guards against this sense of trying to perform for other people's approval. And it guards against the attitude of that's not fair. Because instead of looking at what somebody else has that you don't have, which is called coveting, it allows you to be grateful for what it is that God has done for you. Gratitude will be your guard in your heart and in your mind. And if you want peace to stand guard, then gratitude is the way you do it. Why? Because peace grows. The strength of the guard, the peace, it grows with you when gratitude comes 
comes from you. So here's the deal. Here's what I want you to do this week. Here's the challenge. Um, all week, and, and even I'm going to challenge you for as long as this quarantine lasts, I want to challenge you to a quarantine gratitude challenge. Here's what I want you to do. Every day, write down one specific reason to be grateful. One specific reason to be grateful. Write it down every day. From now until they lift this, this quarantine, I want you to write down one specific reason to be grateful. Then I want you to do something else. I want you to post it. On, if you're on social media, I want you to post it daily. And I want you to use the hashtag quarantine gratitude challenge. Now, we're going to copy and paste that hashtag into the comments because we know some of us are having a really hard time spelling the word quarantine. I misspelled it like five times this week, right? Like hashtag quarantine gratitude challenge. Post whatever it is. And you can do this as a family. You can do this as a couple. You can do it as an individual. I encourage you to do it with pictures, with videos. Find it every single day until this quarantine lifts. One specific thing that you can be grateful for. Why? Because when gratitude comes from you, peace grows in you. We don't need panic. We don't need worry. We don't need fret. We don't need regret. We need peace. We need Jesus to show up. And when you are grateful, the presence of God comes gone. Why? Because we enter the gates of God's presence with thanksgiving, with gratitude. That's the key. That's the way you get into God's presence. Gratitude, thankfulness. So let it come from your mouth. The quarantine gratitude challenge. I want you to take it. If, if you're willing to take the challenge right now, I want you to throw a hand emoji up in the chat box. Go ahead and say, I'm in. I'm in, pastor. I'm going to do the quarantine gratitude challenge. Some of you, your kids are going to do it. I mean, you might do it as a family. But make the decision from now until the end to post daily to find one specific way to be grateful. Listen, I have a lot of expectation for God's promises to come to pass. As a church, we are holding fast to believe that the promises of God are going to come to pass. And as we express specific gratitude for what God has already done, that expectation grows even more. See, when I remember, when I recall, when I think about how God has provided in the past, when I think about how God has, 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 has put his presence in my life, when I think about all of the people whose lives have been changed. When I think about this week alone, how, how I've gotten messages on social media from people who are tuning in and finding our services on, on their own or because a friend shared it and Jesus is showing up in their life and changing them. When, when I think about all of the people that have been saved just in the last year because of, of the, the partnership that we have as a church, when I think about how God has moved in our midst and what it's like to invite the presence of God, when I think about the last time I, I opened up the Bible on my own and, and he spoke something to me and it brought peace to me and I thought about it and, and when I think about all the good things that God's done in my life, you know what happens when that gratitude comes, when I remember those things with gratefulness? My expectation for God to do it again. See, because God promises to always do a new thing. If he did it then, he'll do it now. If he'll do it now, he'll do it tomorrow. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fear. We don't have to be in panic because God wants to provide. God wants to be present. God wants to be near. We want to meditate on the good things and we can change the conversation in our culture. We can change the conversation in our neighborhoods. We can change the conversation online. We can change the conversation and be a force 
course for good when we choose to live with expectation and gratitude. I just double dog dare you to change your perspective this week. To start, stop looking at all the things that haven't been working out. Start looking for things that have worked out. Start remembering the things that God has done in the past and watch your sights grow. Watch you elevate your perspective to something new and God shows up in a mighty, mighty way in your life. Friends, this week, let's live with expectation that God's gonna do it. He's gonna come through. He's gonna be faithful to his word. We can, we can stay guarded by by gratitude and grounded in the promises of God this week. It's our expectation, the promises of God, and the gratitude, the guard of our heart and our mouth. Let's live with expectation and gratitude. This week, hashtag quarantine gratitude challenge. Let's do it. And until this thing lifts, let's be a grateful, grateful people. Can I pray for you? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for my friends. Right now, Lord, if, if any here would be watching this, and, and they have not put their faith in you, Jesus. I pray right now by your spirit, you would just begin to tug on their hearts. You would help their perspective to shift off, off their problems, but they would begin to look at the Savior of their life, Jesus, who died for them, Jesus, who loved them, Jesus, who took away, who takes away their sins and exchanges their shame for a sense of, of, of sonship. And so, so, God, I pray that here in this moment, if there would be anyone not following you right here, right now, they would just simply type out the prayer, I believe. Friends, if you're watching this and you want to give your life to Jesus, would you just, in the comments, wherever you're watching, type, I believe. Type, I believe. And, and our team, we want to follow up with you and pray with you. Just type the words, I believe, I believe. Father, I pray for those folks that are making that decision. I pray that you would do something in their hearts. God, I pray for all of our extended faith church friends and family. Lord, we're all a part of the online family this this week and for the, for the coming weeks. God, I pray that gratitude would be our decision, that we would allow gratitude to, to, to come from us and as a result, your peace grows in us. Lord, help us to guard our expectations because of our gratitude and may our expectations be rooted and grounded in the promises of your word, which never change, which are always for us, Lord, and you're with us. And we thank you for it. May peace be in our homes. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we love you. Hey, listen, if, if you're ready to give, you can give online. We'd love to partner with you. You can worship the Lord in your giving. Uh, I want you to share this message with a friend or two. We're gonna be here again next Sunday, same place, same time, and we can't wait to worship with you. We are praying for you, and if we can do anything for you, for your family, or any way we can pray or minister to you, would you reach out? There's a spot on our, on our central hub for you to do that. Just go to faithchurchks.org and you'll see the card that says care and response. We'd love to just minister to you any way we can. We'll give somebody a high five. Tell them it was good to see you. We'll see you next Sunday. We love you. Hey, friends and family. I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus.
You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. If, you're, if you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see it in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you.